Bill Self left early in Kansas's front court. They weren't even there in the first place as the Jayhawks lost yet another Big 12 road game. And those conference title hopes are in trouble. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, folks? Happy Tuesday and welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, a daily national college hoop show, part, of course, of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your co-hosts. I'm Andy Patton. That man over there is Isaac Shade. Today's episode of Locked On College Basketball is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Folks, new customers who join today, you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more is a win. So visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Well, Big Monday, as it has been, is delivering with the second game of the day. The first game of the day, not so much. Duke beats Wake Forest. We'll we'll touch on it a little bit there. But the second game, boy, howdy, was that something that we witnessed on Monday evening. Texas Tech, Grant McCaslin, what a phenomenal game. We're going to get all into this game. We're going to preview some of the games going on tonight on Tuesday. But, Isaac, it is Tuesday, and that means it is Trivia Tuesday. And with the reveal of the top 16 coming up on Saturday, thought we would theme our Trivia Tuesday question after that. So, Isaac, here you go. We'll answer this question at the end of the show. For those of you listening, think on it if you can. This is not encouraging already, Andy. I'm (laughs) concerned. Isaac, seven. Seven of the current top 10 teams at Ken Palm. Current as of tonight, Monday evening. Okay. Seven of the current top 10 teams at Ken Palm were in last year's first top 16 review in February. So the question is, who are those seven teams that are currently in the top 10 and that were in the top 16 in that first reveal? The bonus question. Bonus? Bonus question is that two of the teams in that 16-team reveal are not in the top 90 <laughs> at Ken Palm currently. <laughs> So we got seven teams in the top 10, two that are not in the top 90. We will answer that question at the end of the show. I'm thinking there's a few teams that might be popping in people's heads one way or another. But Isaac, we got to start with another conversation about the Kansas Jayhawks. And it feels Mm. like we're talking so often about this team, whether they're picking up huge blowout victories over Houston and kind of cementing themselves back as a top five team or they're going on the road and losing. And it just continues to be the same conversations, the depth on this team. Kevin McCollar did not play in this game, and it was really blatantly evident that they needed him. We've talked about the shooting guard position. Isaac, this is one of my favorite facts from this game. Johnny Furphy, Nick Timberlake, El Marco Jackson. That was the three leading scorers for the Kansas Jayhawks in this game. Okay, but leading leading scorer for El Marco Jackson as the third leading scorer, he had seven points. Seven. He had seven points. Timberlake and Furphy had 13 each. Jackson had seven, which was tied with Dewan Harris. What does that mean, Isaac? That means... Oh, it means the shooting guard position is on fire now, Andy, clearly. That is not the take I was going to have. My take was going to be what in the heck happened to the front court. And I'll tell you right here, Hunter Dickinson, five points on two of 12 shooting. KJ Adams, five points on one of 10 shooting. Those guys combined to shoot three of 22 from the field. Oh, three from deep. Just a complete non-factor for Kansas's front court. Very good defensive stuff from Texas Tech and Grant McCaslin. But Isaac, we're having some really serious concerns at this point about Kansas. They, It's hard to win on the road in the Big 12, but this is not an area they have typically struggled, at least not to this extent. 
Yeah, of course not, Andy. And by the way, for those of you watching on YouTube, we've pulled up the uh, the box score so you can look at it as we talk. If you're listening, definitely pull it up like as you're driving. I think that's a good uh, <laughs> thing you can be able to do. Yeah, Andy, I mean, like even just historically, as we begin to think about this, you know, Kansas went on that streak of either winning outright or sharing the regular season Big 12 championship for 14 straight seasons, which is still mind-boggling to me. But since then, this is not the sixth season since, if they don't win at least a share of the regular season championship this year, it will have been three of those six that they haven't done it. And if it happens this year, Andy, that they don't win at least a share, as you've alluded to, it's going to be because of their performance on the road in Big 12 play. They yeah. have now five Big 12 losses. Every one of them is away. And I mean, you expect that because the fog is just this special, <laughs> unique place where teams just don't win. But they've lost now at UCF, at West Virginia, at Kansas State, and now at Texas Tech. The other being Iowa State, which you kind of get that, their defense. But it's like, I would understand that if they were losing away games at Houston or at, you know, whatever. And those games they still got to play, Andy. Yeah. That's the thing. Is Baylor struggled on the road in Big 12 play? And they haven't even played at Oklahoma at Baylor or at Houston. So they've got their three probably hardest big mm -hmm. road games still ahead of them. And they've already lost five. Andy, that's not good for Bill Self's club. Not at all. It'll be really interesting to see if Self can figure out a way to make some adjustments. Obviously, McCullough coming back into the fold would be a huge benefit for them. And, and I don't want Harris getting that ankle healthy that he yes. this week. Yeah, 100 percent They're going to need that too. Uh, but you're you just you don't expect your front court to just not show up the way that they did. And Grant McCaslin talked about it a little bit uh, at halftime in his little interview before he went out in the locker room. He kind of talked about trying to keep Dickinson away from positions where he could get angles and, and turn towards the basket and forcing him a little away from the rim. And and look, shout out to Texas Tech's front court. Warren Washington had a good game. Like they played well and they deserve that. But it shouldn't be that easy to push Hunter Dickinson and KJ Adams into horrible shooting nights. And it, it won't continue to happen. But when they're on the road and a team does anything to kind of frustrate them this team kind of crumbles and that's just not a I mean that can't continue to happen yeah. they're going to need to find ways to change this and I think there's a lot that can be said on the Kansas side of things I think we can acknowledge that the depth issues they're having are not just because of Bill Self's kind of historical tendency to not play his bench they uh, Chris Johnson decommitted after signing an NIL they had an NLI excuse me <laughs> it's, um, so, Mark, no, it's so easy to know, do that dude. so easy to do Marcus Adams started at BYU uh, or started at Kansas transferred to Gonzaga for a month transferred to BYU that was a loss for them obviously we have talked about the arterial morris situation another player that kansas expected to have in the fold and, and does not have in the fold zach clements is redshirting like there's a lot of things that have caused this uh, depth issue for kansas but it's you know you can make excuses as much as you want this team has to figure out how to win these road games and again there's a lot that can be said but i also want to give a huge shout out to texas tech and graham mccaslin uh, and darion williams okay Isaac, well hang on we Let's talk about darion Williams' performance let, let's split those up, Andy, because I, I want to talk about both Williams and Coach McCaslin. So let's start. Can we start with the head man first? Yeah. Because, Andy, is there any first year coach right now at the Power Six Conference? And I'm sure we can, you know, we can come up with some that have had moments, mm -hmm. but that is having a better first year than Grant McCaslin, at least with regard to expectations. Yeah, I think 
No. I mean, Chris Beard is probably the next closest one that I, off the top of my head that I can think of in his first year at a new program, Ole Miss. They've kind of stumbled a little bit lately, but they they exceeded expectations for where they thought where where we thought they would be in Coach Beard's first year. But nobody else really jumps in mind. Like Mark Madsen's done a good job at Cal. Sure, they're better than they were last year. They're still not particularly good. Like McCaslin has taken this team to a really good level. I mean, they were in the first place in the big 12 for a while. Like this is a team that's playing really well. McCaslin's defense works. That Scott Drew coaching tree has been phenomenal, (laughs) very fruitful. Clearly. Uh, I am sure that Drew is not thrilled that all of his coaches are sticking in the same conference as him. Uh, But what a tremendous job that McCaslin has done. Yeah. And you know, like uh, Damon Stoudemire has had a couple mm-hmm. moments yep. beating both Duke and North Carolina, but mm-hmm. you know that, that nothing to the level of what Texas Tech has been doing. And so great stuff. Okay, now let's good grief. You already said it, but Darion Williams, my okay. man, Andy, is this the single best individual performance this season? Listen to this stat line: thirty points on a perfect twelve of twelve shooting performance, four of four from three two of two from the free throw line. Oh, by the way, it's a double, double 30 points, 11 boards. And he didn't stop there. Three assists, two steals, a block. And he only turned over the ball one time. Andy, what a ridiculous performance. There is nothing coming the brain to my (laughs) mind that has been individually better than that this season. And I just can't think of anything that would, and I don't think anything will the rest of the season. This has to go down as 23-24's best individual performance in a big-time game to boot, by the way. I think that's the big key, too, is it's not – it's a it's an important game. It's a, a game uh, – a, a home win for them, but a win over a top-six team, close to a top-five team. Uh, I saw a stat from Jared Burson, uh, ESPN Stats and Info, that said that this is the first time in 20 years, and I don't know how – if it's past 20 years or exactly 20 years, <laughs> that a player has made this – many field goals and been perfect the combination of field goals three pointers and free throws did not miss a single one of them this does not happen it's been 20 plus years since this happened and to happen against a top six team a team that you desperately want to win when your your resume is taking a bit of a hit because you've had three losses in a row prior to the central florida game and now picking up this one a perfect confluence of factors to make this in my mind clearly the best individual single game performance we have seen of the entire season. All right, Andy. So we'll see. I mean, good grief. I would love to go back and look, we obviously didn't do it before this uh, talking about this, but losing by 29, like Kansas just doesn't do that. Yeah. Any wild stuff. All right. Well, crazy stuff in the big 12 as of right now, it's like, you know, Ken Palm hasn't actually refreshed yet. We're recording that quickly after this game, but as of right now, even before this game is entered in, Ken Palm is projecting Kansas to finish third in the regular season behind both Houston and Iowa State. So, Andy, we'll see what happens with that. Now, the Kentucky Wildcats, Andy, somehow are still ranked in the AP poll even after three straight losses at Rupp Arena. Is that deserved? Should they be in? Or are they getting a little bit of that blue blood treatment there by the AP voters? We'll try to answer that question coming up in just a second. Right after I tell you this episode's brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. Andy, that's $150 if your first bet wins. 
You can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. How about some final four odds for us, Andy? UConn and Purdue lead the way at plus 150. No surprise there. Houston at plus 210. Arizona at plus 260. Tennessee plus 320. And rounding out the top six slash seven, Auburn and North Carolina nodded at plus 370. If you want to get in on any of that action, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official partners, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, Andy, we do want to hit on several things from the AP poll refresh that happened on Monday afternoon. But before we get there, let's just touch on for a couple of minutes the first game of Big Monday as Duke hosted Wake Forest. Blue Devils win this game 77 to 69. Um, and Andy, I think, you know, Duke wins, fine, blah, whatever. I think the bigger storyline here probably is that Wake Forest had a really big time opportunity in front of them trying to get the ACC. You know, I think we feel very comfortable about Duke being in, North Carolina being in, Clemson and Virginia both now as well. And Wake Forest is trying to be team number five, Andy. Getting a win here might have put them over the threshold, at least for now, but they didn't. Andy, do you think that the Wake Forest Demon Deacons right now are an NCAA tournament team? I think no, but they do have four quad one opportunities left. And I think yeah. they, they just have to pick up at minimum two of them. And if you only pick up two, you probably got to pick up the home game against Duke. I think you got to win that one. If you win all three of the other ones, which is at Virginia, at Virginia Tech, and a home game against Clemson, if you win those three games and you lose to Duke and you don't suffer any Georgia Tech, Louisville, Notre Dame type losses, you're probably in. Certainly, it depends how they do in the ACC tournament as well. That obviously factors in. But I, this was a really big opportunity for Wake Forest. I mean, Duke looked really sloppy in this game. They yeah, shot 28% from three. They turned the ball over 13 times. 73 of their 77 points came from just four players. Tyrese Proctor didn't even score Dude. in this one. Caleb Foster had four off the bench. That's it. Four bench points, zero points from your starting guard and Tyrese Proctor. Mark Mitchell and Kyle Filipowski had great games, 23 and 21 respectively. But this was an opportunity for Wake Forest to pick up this game. They had the, they had the ability to do it. They got in foul trouble. Both Efton Reed and Andrew Carr fouled out of the game. And I, they just missed the opportunities. To They were constantly like getting it within six, getting it within four, and then they would give up a bucket to Duke. And then they would get it within six again, and then they'd give up a bucket. Like they just weren't consistent enough, missed this opportunity. I think they still got a couple more big ones. If they can beat Duke, if they can beat one of Virginia or Clemson, I think there's no. maybe a chance. But I'm not feeling – they're 0-4 in quad one games right now. I just don't feel that great about a team that hasn't picked up that marquee win yet. Yep. Well, they get a, a immediately their next game is another chance to do it at Virginia. And man, the Cavs are playing Andy really well right yeah. now and uh, seems to be pretty legit there. Virginia scored 80 points this weekend, Andy Patton. Mm -hmm. What do you know? So yeah. uh, we'll see what happens there. As for the Duke side of it, you've already said sloppy game. Starters did majority of the work. They need more off of their bench. Um, Andy, with, with the new AP pullout, Duke is ninth. We have them ninth in our poll as well. Where? The Blue Devils, have, you know, we talked about Kansas and Fog Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, Cameron has not been a safe haven for Duke this year. It feels <laughs> like they haven't they haven't been at their best, always necessarily there. Um, and it's not like they're like pooping their life away. Mm -hmm. um, and even kind of looking at their wins, obviously they lost to Arizona at home and to Pitt at home. So they, they do have two home losses. Uh, I just, I, 
I don't know. Duke has the talent, mm-hmm. but th- there's just question marks for me, Andy. I'll say this. Duke doesn't appear to have a top 10 resume. Looking at Duke's resume and what I would consider at this point in the season a resume of a top 10 team, the losses that they have, the home losses that they have in particular, I would look at this team and be like, oh, yeah, they should certainly be ranked. They're probably a top 15 team, maybe top 20 team. But the problem is, and you know this because we just recently did our top 25 poll for this week, there's like four or five teams that feel like they're top 10 caliber teams. And then a bunch of other teams that you have to put somewhere in the top 10 that just don't really fit. It's like, where do you do with Auburn after their struggles? What do you do with, you know, a team like Iowa state who doesn't have a ton of great wins, but hasn't suffered any bad losses. Like what do you do with Illinois after their recent loss? Like every, we we keep talking about all these ranked teams going on the road and losing. What that does is it creates a situation where you just have a lot of resumes that, that don't look all that good and you got to find a spot to put them somewhere. So we had Duke ninth. The A people also had Duke ninth. I can understand why people who I saw on social media are like, how is Duke still a top 10 team? This doesn't look like a top 10 team. And it's like, yeah, but who, who is like, There's yeah, just not a lot of good options. Yep. No, Andy. And that's where I keep finding myself having the mo- most trouble is yeah. at the back end of the top 10 and the back end of the 25 itself. Yeah. Is the who who fits in there? You know, I'm I'm looking at Duke's resume as you talk. I was like, yeah, how, what are my thoughts? Because quad one, Duke is five and two. Quad two, zero oh and two. Only two quad two games right now for Duke, and they lost them both. And then that quad three loss at Georgia Tech. Um, and so you know, five and four combined in quads one and two, a quad three loss, which this season right now, Andy, I I guess is a top 10 resume, but in a normal season, I don't know that we would look at it that way. And maybe that's the weird part. Yeah. Speaking of do they belong? Should they be here? <laughs> let's go to that other blue blood program that has lost three home games in a row for the first time since 1966 has a chance tonight. In fact, by the way, which we'll talk mm-hmm. about in a little bit to avoid that turning into a fourth straight loss. Andy, Kentucky is not ranked in the locked on college basketball poll. They are ranked in the AP poll and um, ranked. And it's not like just squeaking in at 25th, by the way, I might add. Mm-hmm. Andy, who's got it right? You, myself, and Leaf Tulane, or the wisdom of the AP voters? I think there's an argument for Kentucky to still be ranked, but I, I don't think they should be. Like, I get it. I get why they are. I don't think they're just getting treatment of like, oh, it's a, a, a you know a team we recognize, whatever. Like, they're 25th in the net, so they're right in that conversation. Two and five in quad one games, which is not great, but there are teams ahead of them that, are, that have worse records in quad one. The problem for Kentucky is they also have a quad two loss. They also have a quad three loss that lost to Wilmington. They're not defending their home floor well. And the conversation about what is wrong with Kentucky, I mean, it starts with with the X's and O's coaching of John Calipari, which is frankly just not that good. He's a great recruiter. He adds talent to this program at a level that is unprecedented. The amount of players that he has turned into, not just NBA players, but legitimate NBA All-Stars. Isaac, 30% of the NBA All-Stars this year went to Kentucky, 30%. And the biggest snub of all the All-Star games, in my opinion, was De'Aaron Fox. Guess where he went to school? Um, They could have had another one. (laughs) Just ridiculously efficient stuff from Calipari in that regard. But the X's and O's are bad. The Gonzaga game, they didn't make adjustments defensively and let them continue to get back get to the rim, get around the screens, get easy looks around the basket. They Rob Dillingham didn't play the majority of the second half, which was a very baffling decision considering his rim pressure and Gonzaga's lack of rim protection. It has been a very 
odd season for Kentucky in the midst of a three or four year stretch where they have continued to have these huge expectations and have failed to meet them. I get why Big Blue Nation is frustrated. I don't look at this team as a top 25 team in part because I just don't have a lot of confidence in this team going forward because of how that coaching has gone, particularly in this three game home losing streak. And we've talked about that, uh, the the defensive metrics. Andy, it keeps getting worse. They're 124th in Ken Palm defensive efficiency. And you talk about the coaching. I remember one of the storylines we said a lot last year was, hey, it's not been a great year for Kentucky, but they're not going to fire Coach Cal because he's got this massive recruiting class Mm -hmm. coming in next year, meaning now this year. Mm -hmm. And it's still not enough, even with like, even with getting Antonio Reeves and Trey Mitchell back. Andy, that's the thing. And so I, dude, I don't know. So Kentucky right now sitting um, in the AP poll, what are they? 22nd right now. Um, Wisconsin's another one, you know, fell from 11th to 20th after losing, they've lost four straight. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, there, there's an argument for, should they be out, but it's very similar to all the conversations we had about Texas this year. But uh, Andy, we're going to talk about it more in just a minute, but uh, Badgers and Wildcats both in action tonight. Can Kentucky, as we said, ward off a fourth straight home loss and can Wisconsin ward off a fifth straight overall loss. Woof. Well, Isaac, Wisconsin and Kentucky are not the only teams that are desperately trying to avoid a loss on Tuesday evening. Three top 10 teams are going on the road, and we've had this conversation, what, 100, 150 times? That's this too year. low. Too it low. Is, it is dangerous to be a top 10, top 25 team going on the road against an unranked opponent. We got three of them, Marquette, North Carolina, and Iowa State, all potentially could be in trouble tonight. And we're going to talk about that right after I tell you that today's episode is sponsored by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy. And it's also what helps keep your ride or die alive. And eBay Motors has everything that you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. And with over 122 million parts for your ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you are looking for. Plus, with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your vehicle every time or you get your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that W. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, and eBay's guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. All right, another fantastic slate of games on Tuesday evening. We've broken them up. We got four ranked teams going on the road. This is using the Locked On College Basketball rankings. We got one ranked team playing a ranked team. We'll talk about that one. It is in the Big 12. Shocker, shocker right there. We also have oh, a Andy, of- it's not Wichita State. Come on. No, it's not Wichita State. <laughs> we also got a bunch of ranked teams at home and some bubble games we'll try to get to here if we can, starting with the ranked on the road teams. Two of them are top six teams. We start with Marquette. We have ranked six. They're going on the road at Butler at 6.30 Eastern time tonight on FS1. And then North Carolina heading to Syracuse, 7 Eastern time on ESPN. We have North Carolina fourth. And then we got number 10 Iowa State at Cincinnati, 7 Eastern time on ESPN2. And then a Mountain West late night game, 9 Eastern time between our 25th ranked team, the Rams of Colorado State, heading to face San Diego State. Isaac. 
How do we feel about these matchups, in particular the three top ten teams? I think Colorado State, San Diego State, it's a pretty evenly matched game. That could go either way. But those three top ten teams, you feel like there's some some risk that they might be taking a, taking a loss here? Well, this season has taught us that, yes, at least yes. one of them probably <laughs> will lose this game, right? Like it's ridiculous, and maybe even two of the three. Yeah, Andy, the game I'm honestly most intrigued by is Marquette at Butler, mm-hmm. and here's why. Um, Butler won that Butler Providence bubble game that we watched this weekend, 75-72. They have won five of their last six, the lone loss coming at UConn, which is a very understandable loss. But in that stretch, remember they they had that Friday night one-point win over Creighton. (laughs) They beat Villanova in double overtime. And look, their next couple games, they host Marquette, host Creighton, then at Villanova. Andy, I think if they could take two of those three, Butler would be in great shape. So I'm really curious to see what they can do with Marquette tonight. I love these three games because all three of these top 10 teams, in my mind, have a very are are kind of in trouble. Like, I don't think they're all going to lose necessarily, but like, it's not hard to see a way where things go astray for Marquette at Butler. They've had some offensive struggles. Butler is a good, good scrappy team for me north carolina at syracuse has some some risk for carolina as well the syracuse has really really talented guards they can score at will uh and they have a shot blocker and he mcleod if he can kind of makes make life a little bit more difficult for armando playing though that's 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 the problem man he's out Syracuse's front court has been so depleted. Okay, well, that they're injured. That makes me feel a little better about Carolina where they're yeah at. and and so that I think that's gonna be the great equalizer is yeah. Um, Syracuse will have like a six, eight player starting against Armando Baycott. Yeah. That's going to be a a big challenge for them then. Uh, And then big 12, anything can happen. Cincinnati absolutely has a chance against Iowa state. I think that's a good win for Iowa state. Great defensive battle. Yeah. But Wes Miller's team, they're they're going to, they know they need this one. They're going to try to pick this one up as best they can. So I would not be surprised to see Cincinnati and Butler pull off when Syracuse sounds like it's going to be a little tougher for them, but this feels like another day that's rife for some potential big upsets. Yeah, man. Tuesday, Tuesdays have been delivering Andy, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Um, so man, great stuff. Yes. But by the way, back, it was like mid January and he McLeod is out with a uh, season ending foot surgery. Unfortunately, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Ranked on ranked. We got one of those games, big 12, like we said, number 20, Oklahoma at number 14, Baylor nine Eastern time on ESPN two. A fantastic battle of two teams that are competing at the top of the Big 12 Conference right now. Porter Moser's team has done some real work, most of it in the non-conference, but they've been solid as they get into conference play. Of course, Scott Drew and the Bears are, are in a really good spot as well. I think this is going to be a fun one. Uh, I like the edge for Baylor because that home environment is just really, really good for them. Yeah, great home environment, terrible home new camera angles, Andy. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it's bad. By the way, speaking of Baylor, since we started recording, the Ken Palm things have refreshed. And now, Andy, Kansas' chance of winning the uh, or projection at Ken Palm of winning the Big 12 regular season has fallen even further to being tied actually with Baylor for fourth at a 10 and 8 record. So we'll see what happens. I'm with you. I think Baylor takes this one at home over. An Oklahoma team that's been playing a little bit better lately has gotten back into the rankings. Andy, we have. Is it seven teams in the Locked On College Basketball rankings that are home teams that are hosting unranked teams at home? Let me rattle those off. Tell me if there's anyone you are concerned about of those ranked opponents. Michigan at number 12, Illinois. That's 7 Eastern on Peacock. Duquesne at number 19, Dayton. 7 o'clock Eastern on ESPN+. 
Pitt at 18, Virginia, 7 Eastern on ACC Network. Illinois State at 21, Indiana State, 7 Eastern. Man, all these games are at 7 on ESPN+. Georgetown going to number 16, Creighton, 8.30. There we go on FS1. UCF at BYU, 9 Eastern on ESPN+. And finally, Ohio State at number 24, Wisconsin, 9 Eastern on also Peacock. I feel pretty good about all the home teams, all the ranked teams in these games. There's not a lot of matchups that really frighten me too much for those home teams losing. I think certainly uh, Pitt at Virginia is an interesting one. Virginia's been playing some really good basketball as of late, but Pitt has pulled off these upsets before. I think they have the personnel to potentially match up if Virginia has an off-scoring night, which we've seen from them before. I could see that one being an upset. I'm definitely going to have my eye on Ohio State at Wisconsin. Ohio State has been pretty tremendously bad this season under Chris Holtman. It's been a mess for the Buckeyes, but Wisconsin's lost four in a row. And so you got to be on kind of on edge a little bit if you're a Badgers fan. So that's one I'm going to keep a close eye on as well. Uh, some other ones that I think, you know, there, there's certainly some, some possibilities for some up, upsets there, but BYU's got a great home environment. Michigan's not very good. Dayton's taking care of business in the A-10. Like, I, I think that there's not a t- – Georgetown's probably not going to be Creighton. Like, there's there's a lot of games here that I think are, are probably going to favor uh, the teams we're expecting to win. But I'll, I'll definitely have my eye on Virginia and Wisconsin. Yeah, Andy, I, I wouldn't be surprised if those home teams go 7-0. We'll see what mm-hmm. happens. Yeah, me neither. Isaac, we got a trivia question. Ugh. We got a trivia question for you that we're going we're gonna to talk about here. Uh, see how you do on this one. As a reminder, folks, for those of you uh, who may have missed it at the beginning, we're talking about uh, the top 16 reveal, which is happening this Saturday, the first time we're going to see the committee's picks for who they have at that time in the top four, uh, top four seeds for March Madness last year. Seven of the current top 10 Ken Palm teams were in last year's top 16 reveal. Who were they? Isaac, hit me. Purdue. Yep. Houston. Yep. Arizona. Yep. UConn. Nope. UConn was. I was going to say. I was trying to decide if that because that was right around the time of when they were struggling. Yeah. So I thought they might be out. Um, Alabama, of course. Yes, Bama. Tennessee. Yep. You got Uh, one. From the same conference as UConn. (laughs) Marquette is my next guess. Yeah, Marquette. Is that, how many is that, six? Six, yeah. This is is the one that I wouldn't have got. Uh, Not North Carolina. Iowa State? Yep, it's Iowa State. Let's go. Is that all seven? That's all seven. Well done. Well done. So the bonus part of this question was two of those top 16 teams from last year's reveal are outside the top 90 at Ken Palm currently. Who are those two teams? Good grief. This is not going to come to me. Um, Let's go with, um, I'm just going to make something up that's not even going to be remotely close. Moorhead State. Nope. (laughs) A Big 10 and a Pac-12 team that have been wildly underperforming. The Pac-12 team will soon be in the same conference as the Big 10 team next year. Uh UCLA. UCLA. Yeah. And then a Big 10 team. Who was good in the Big Ten last year? That sucks right now. Nobody. I mean, (laughs) it wouldn't have been Ohio State, Indiana. Yeah, it is Indiana. It is Indiana. Wow. I didn't think they would have been in the top. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, because you got yeah. I just wouldn't have thought they would have been that high. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, I think they got a five seed, right? Is that what yeah. they with? Yeah, yeah, ultimately, I think that's where they landed. Yeah. All right, Andy, great trivia question. I feel good about the seven. I feel terrible about how badly I sucked on the bonus, but whatever. <laughs> it was bonus. Great show, friends. What a wild night of college basketball. I Darion Williams, man, I'm still yeah. reeling over that what performance, performance, Andy. What a show. Bravo young man way to go that's it for today's episode of locked on college basketball i want to thank all of you as always for joining us to celebrate this sport that we love so dearly come join the locked on college basketball discord channel subscribe on audio and video if you haven't smash the like button so we know that you are here ha huh, big shouts to the lawyer family but really apologies to the lawyer family let's go wildcats and until tomorrow peace <laughs>